In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is a pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a really fantastic show. I'll be introducing my guest shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It'll be great. I do want to take just a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I will do this every single week. I was reading from The Secret by Rhonda Byrne this weekend. If you haven't read this book, it's a good source of inspiration, and the book is based on the law of attraction. In order to properly attract positive things into your life, you have to ask, believe, and receive. In other words, you have to know what you want before asking for it, then believe it is available to you and that you deserve it, then understand that it is yours to receive. In her book, Rhonda Byrne quotes Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and I love this quote. It's simply this. Take the first step of faith. You don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step. Very often, we want to see how things will unfold before we take that first step. But Dr. King advises us that we just need to step out in faith and believe the way will be paved for us. Great advice from a very wise man. With all this in mind, I want to introduce my guest. But before I forget, let me give you the call-in number in in case you'd like to call in and participate in today's discussion. That number is 866-404-6519. Once again, that's 866-404-6519. My guest this week is Todd Krieger. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Todd Krieger is an expert in relationships. For 28 years, the Todd Krieger Center for Successful Relationships uh, has been located in Huntington Beach, California, and has been helping couples, individuals, and corporations achieve their goals by bringing out the best in themselves and others. Todd is educated and trained as a marriage and sex therapist and spends much of his time helping sites that lead to powerful breakthroughs which result in his clients getting closer to realizing their full potential. He founded his practice in 1982 in Tustin, California, and has since helped thousands of individuals in both the home and the workplace learn how to bring out the best of others to achieve their goals. Todd is an in-demand speaker, and his new book, which we will talk about, is called The Long Hot Marriage. With all this in mind, here is my guest, Todd Krieger. Todd, are you there? I am here. Are you hearing me Okay. I am hearing you okay. Welcome to Success Profiles Radio. It's a pleasure to have you here. Oh, I'd love to be here. Looking forward to the show. Me too. Well, let me do what I do with every guest. Tell us how you got started. Tell us about your background, how you started, and how that led to where you are right now. You know, I think, you know, I started as a therapist many years ago, 30 years ago, and I was helping people 
And then two years after I started this process, I got married. So I get married. And I, you know, like many people think this is going to be a piece of cake and, uh, and, and I enjoyed it. But as time went on, my wife and I were bickering a lot, fighting a lot. We found that uh, pain started to take up too much of our time and our space in our relationship. And at the same time, funny enough, I had a lot of couples coming into my practice. It seemed like couples were flocking to me. It's almost like they smelled my, uh, my own issues. So I was working with people that had the same issues I was having, and I, I don't know which came first, but I have a feeling I helped the couples I was working with first, and then I started to apply that very thing to my own marriage, and voila, it, you know, things started working. So as months went on and even as the years went on, I, I really started to learn how challenging it is to have a long-term, hot, passionate, alive marriage where pain doesn't take over, and mm. yet the I'm more optimistic now than I was 30 years ago, 28 years ago, because if we keep doing the things we need to do and keep saying the things we need to say, miracles can happen in, in our relationship. So uh, in a nutshell, that pretty much I got started because of my own interest in fixing my own relationship, mm. uh, helping others first, then applying it to mine. Now it's, uh, and I do my best to walk my talk, but uh, it, it it's been a very, very exciting journey, and I'm far, it's far from over. There's still a lot for me to learn. Oh, absolutely. I think that's true of all of us. The minute that we think we've arrived is the moment that things begin to fall apart, I would imagine. Yes. Absolutely. absolutely. So it's also – it seems to me what I hear you saying is it's sometimes easier to see other people's issues and fix them than it is to really be objective about our own issues. Absolutely. That's true no matter what line of work we're in. Absolutely true. And uh, it's the same with the couples that I see. It's easier for them to see their partner's issues than their own, right? I mean, it's just mm -hmm. uh, that's the biggest challenge is to help people to start looking at themselves and start to find out how, how do I become part of the solution of this? Yes. It's very easy for us to feel like victims. You know, well, you know, they'll come and see me and say, if you could just help my partner stop doing this or start doing that then everything's going to be just great. Mm. But, of course, it doesn't work that way because... Do you, do you find that... Go ahead. I was going to say, do you find that partners tend to want to blame each other first before they are willing to look inside themselves and see what's going on? Yeah, and, and you know what? You can't even blame people because people come in and they're in pain. And so they're seeing the world through their own lenses and they're feeling like victims. One feels like a victim, the, the wife, let's say, just an imaginary but very common example, the wife feels like a victim because the man doesn't seem to ever make her a priority. The man feels like a victim because she's always criticizing and complaining him about, uh, towards him and about him. So you, you have these two people that come in and say, the answer is going to be, if you could just make my partner this way, I'll be happy. Mm. And it's because that's how they're experiencing it, and they really can't fault them for it. Mm. Uh, but we do have to develop that extra mindset, I would say, to be able yeah. to uh, see things not just from my perspective, which is very important, but mm -hmm. my partner's perspective, which is just as important. Yeah. Do you find, uh, and we'll talk a lot about this, you know, during the show. But do you find that people tend to uh, link up with partners that are very similar to them, or do you think they tend to link up with partners who fill a gap in their own personality that they want fulfilled? I think the second thing, that people, I mean, there is a certain similarity I have found with couples. I find that a lot of times they're similar in their level of development. Like they may have similar levels of fear 
but they acted out in opposite ways. So, for example, uh, a person might be afraid of connection uh, because they didn't have a really good one in their own family of origin, and they mm-hmm. may actually link up with someone who also didn't. Uh, you know, there are exceptions, of course, but who yeah. also maybe didn't. But maybe one person's way of dealing with it is to constantly try to connect and constantly pursue, and the other person is pushing away and closing down. So it looks very different, but deeper down, yeah. it's really just flip side to the same coin. They're both afraid. Um, but no, I, I think in general, typically we, we are attracted to people that are expressing something that we don't easily express, or they express some trait that we wished we had or, or, or don't have. And I think that's very common. Yeah. And I think another aspect of this, uh, I, I sometimes see people in relationships where one person feels like they need to save the other person, save them from themselves. Or uh, do, do you see that? Do you kind of know where I'm going with that? <clears throat> totally, totally, totally. You know, you get into a relationship where uh, the script unconsciously, not always, sometimes it's conscious, but a lot of times it's unconscious, where uh, the person is constantly taking care of and protecting the other person. And uh, it's it's meant to be loving, but ultimately what it's doing is the person who's always in that saving mode and protecting mode isn't being fully himself or herself right. because, they, you know, sometimes... We need, when we're fully ourselves and fully expressing ourselves, that sometimes it may make the other person feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So, but if he's constantly saving her, he's not being true to himself. And of course, at the same time, it's limiting her because she is not coming forth in this example, and it could be the gender, it could be either way, but right. it's not having her come forth in any way that asserts herself as a self-reliant person who can yeah. handle pain without being rescued. So both yeah. people are losing even though they're trying to manage life and it's not coming from a bad intention. Right. I think sometimes too, if we can extend this a little bit, the person who is always the strong person needs to be taken care of sometime. I mean, you can't always be the strong person. Sometimes you have needs that need to be taken care of too. I mean, you you, you need to be able to confide and talk to someone. And if you're in a relationship with someone that you're always having to save or be strong for, it's hard to have that person be the other way around for you. Would you agree? Absolutely. It's absolutely true. You know, absolutely. You, you could, I couldn't have said that better myself. <laughs> oh, well, that's, thank you very much. Well, we got just less than two minutes before our first break. So, Todd, let me ask you, how did you decide to write the book, The Long Hot Marriage? Where did that come from for you? I, you know how these things sometimes happen. It just starts to get us. There's a desire that came out of seemingly nowhere that, you know, it could very well be. I saw somebody else wrote a book and I go, oh, I want to write a book. And, you know, what do I want to write about? And then one day I was at a seminar, a speaking seminar, and this person was talking about how he wrote a book on how to beat a traffic ticket and how much fun he had doing it and how he had fun promoting it. And I said, I'm going to write a book on marriage and passion. And it was just it was just one of those things. And when I started to write it, it was very easy to write because I was really my clients taught me everything in that book. You know, I just start to write from what they have taught me about what works in relationships, what doesn't work in relationships, what we need to do to be creative and passionate and why most couples fail, but why we have such great potential at the same time. So I was inspired and I wrote it rather quickly. And then, of course, when I got more serious about writing it so people could understand it, that took a little bit more time. Sure. 
It was very Absolutely. effortless to write it, at least the yeah. first verse. And something like that, if it's really, if it's something that's really in your heart and it's meant to be out there in the world, it will flow effortlessly. I mean, when I wrote my book, there were times where it felt very effortless and there were times where I didn't feel very inspired at all and I left it alone for a good long time and then I came back to it uh, yeah. when, when I felt inspired. We are coming right up against the break. Uh, this, this is Success Profiles Radio. My guest is Todd Krieger. We'll be right back on the other side talking about, about the long hot marriage and how to make your relationship work. We'll be right back. mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Get ready for resources, tools, and support to help you build a successful business and live an awesome life. It's the Women's Business Success Show with your host, founder of the Association of Women Entrepreneurs, Tara McHugh. Thursdays at 11 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Each show will feature a special guest interview. Tara will bring you highly successful entrepreneurs sharing their stories of success. You'll hear about the challenges they faced along their journey together with the advice they have to help you achieve more. You'll also hear from various personal and business development experts sharing tips, solutions, and strategies that you can easily implement into your business and life for amazing results. For more on Tara and her show, check out her website, aofwe.com. Then join us for the Women's Business Success Show with your host, the founder of the Association of Women Entrepreneurs, Tara McHugh. Thursdays at 11 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Are you yearning to connect with those close to you who have passed on? Do you feel you'd be more at peace or more in balance in your life if you could only have that connection? Now you do. It's time for Alex Laws and the Alex Laws Hour. Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Alex discovered an incredible balance that allowed him to listen and receive messages from the other side. Not your traditional psychic medium. Alex has spent the last 27 years as an endurance athlete and entrepreneur. At the core of Alex's abilities is his knowing that in order to open one's soul to the universe, one must open their heart to being authentic. The wisdom Alex has shared from those beyond the veil has helped at an international level and changed people's lives and sometimes, too, their direction in life. Need help with your life or business direction? Tap into the spiritual realm of Alex Laws. For more information, check out alexlaws.com. Then join us for the Alex Laws Hour with Alex Laws, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central, here on The Rock. Star Radio Network. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Todd Krieger, who is a marriage and relationship counselor. And we are going to talk about some issues that he has discussed in his book, The Long Hot Marriage. So, Todd, let me ask you, first of all, why is it so difficult to have a successful, long-term, intimate relationship, especially with the divorce rate being so high in this country now? That's a great question, Brian. And, you know, I, I always say it this way, that 
anything challenging that we need to do, whether it's uh, to be a doctor, we go to four years of med school, internship, residency, to be a pianist, you have piano lessons, to be in a relationship where you're passionate, alive, you do everything you can do to keep it going. Um, we, our, our role models are our parents and our grandparents, and we can't fault them, but they didn't really know how to have a long, passionate relationship. They were really very automatic and reactive to each other. And when there was pain, there was a lot of fight or flight. We didn't see good role models of how to deal with pain so that we could get through it and revive the passion that happens. Because every, every relationship has emotional pain after a while, after the honeymoon period's over. So my, my, my answer is, we don't have the role models. We just don't have the role models, and we need to be originals. We, our generations have to be kind of on the forefront of, of creating new ways of speaking and acting and even thinking so that we can have that passionate marriage that, is so, that we are very capable of doing. We yeah. just got to start from scratch. Yeah. You know? And I would imagine it takes a lot of emotional strength to do that. And so what I want to ask you next is you talk about – Using a relationship as a gym, a gymnasium for developing emotional muscle. What, what exactly does that mean for you? Well, you know, here we have, again, um, I, I kind of joke with people when I'm doing a speaking engagement. I say, how many of you, please raise your hand, saw your um, mother say to your father, God, I am so angry at you. And your father leaned over in the chair and looked inquisitively and caringly at your mother and said, really, honey, tell me more about how you're feeling. <laughs> you know, and uh, nobody raises their hand because nobody's seen it. But right. it takes uh, that's really what it takes. And in order to be able to just to use the example of the emotion of anger, if, if my partner says to me that very thing, I'm so angry at you. If I want to connect with her in that anger rather than shut down or yell back at her or tell her, ah, oh, you're just overreacting you're making too big. A I need to have the emotional muscle. To stay with my automatic feeling, which may be anxiety, maybe anger, and to relax myself long enough to stay with her instead and to tune into her and say, all right, tell me more about that. That mm -hmm. takes some muscle. So mm -hmm. just like if we go to the gym, we have muscle, but if we start developing, you know, using weights, we develop our muscles, doing cardiovascular mm -hmm. exercise, we develop our heart muscle, it develops it. Well, likewise... Mm -hmm. And I talk about this in my book, and I work with couples in this all the time, is there are exercises to help people develop the muscle so that they can act in more constructive ways through challenging situations, which we all have. You know, in, in, in the honeymoon stage of a relationship, uh, when we're falling in love, everything's great, we don't need a whole lot of muscle because everything's automatic. Uh, hormones, there's a cascade of hormones that, and emotions that make us want to be with that person. Mm -hmm. And after the honeymoon period, disappointment comes up, frustration, maybe we get used to each other. That's when we stop doing the things that we need to do, listening, being romantic, connecting with our partner, giving them attention. That it, Those things is what is needed to create that, and it does take muscle. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean by that. Absolutely. And as that honeymoon period wears off, I would imagine that people's perceptions of one another change and people's perceptions of how they interpret their, their partner's words and actions change. Uh, how do perceptions affect a relationship? Great question. Well, here we have, when we first get together, that person probably could do no wrong, right? They're usually, not always, but usually you just see the positive 
you deny the you don't even see the negative. But as time goes on and patterns start to take hold, we start to perceive our partners in a certain way, and they these perceptions can get locked in. So I'll give you an example. Let's say, let's say I came from a family when my parents didn't listen to me. Maybe they were great in some ways, but they didn't like sit down and say, "How are you? How are you feeling?" Uh, what's going on? And then I get married to someone, and my maybe my wife didn't come from that kind of feel, a family either. So when I start to express myself, she gets defensive and reactive and doesn't really listen to me because she doesn't have developed muscle, and neither do I. And I start to perceive her as someone who doesn't care, or I perceive her as a person who doesn't listen. So if I hold on to that perception of her, probably the next time I go to talk to her, I already have this perception in mind. Mm-hmm. And I will treat her like someone who doesn't listen. So I might talk in harsher tones, anticipating her not listening. I might have an angry face. You know, I might be judgmental, defensive, harsh. So what happens? She doesn't listen because I'm harsh and she's protecting herself from that. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is that our perceptions actually crystallize and rigidify negative patterns. What I need to do is something that seems kind of crazy at first. I need to perceive her as someone who's a wonderful listener who just needs to be get better at it, mm. even if there's no history of her being that kind of a listener. So if I perceive her, I mean, imagine this. Okay, so I perceive her as a listener who really cares, who just maybe needs a little bit of practice. I'll come up to her with a, with a different tone, friendlier, maybe my yeah. eyes are softer, and she'll mm-hmm. pick up this unconsciously, and I'll express myself. What's the probability of her listening now? Well, yeah. hopefully much higher. Yeah. So what I'm saying is we've got to beware of our perceptions of our partner and to look at our partner in the best possible light to give her a chance to be all that she can be. Did so we've got to be a, very careful about that. Yeah. That's really great, Todd. Let me ask you something. As you were getting to know your wife, did you find that you learned a lot about her by watching how her parents interacted with one another? You know, I have to say that even though that I should have paid more attention to that, I didn't. I wasn't even paying attention to that. You know, we just get into the relationship. I was a lot younger. Uh, mm-hmm. I just started in the field, and I was just looking at her as someone. I was just reacting off of her. Now, right. what, it's an interesting question because I tell people to look at their girlfriend, their prospective partner's parents as clues to what the model is of their partner, and also look to their own parents' way of communicating to see their own model. So that's a very important thing. If, you, if, if I looked then, I would have been a little bit more prepared. It still would have, could have worked out, and it did. And then I've been married 28 years, and I'm glad I am. But I, I think that we want to pay attention to that because we need to know where our strengths are and where our weaknesses are. Yeah. And yeah. So if I, again, if my partner had uh, parents that didn't really communicate very well, why would I think that she would? Uh-huh. doesn't mean she can't, mm-hmm. but, you know, mm-hmm. again, it's a way of looking at each other with more understanding. I call it x-ray vision, yeah. you know, and to, to, to work with our limitations so that we become less limited rather than right away go to reactivity and judgment, which, again, it just rigidifies the old negative patterns that we've yeah. seen. From our parents. Yes. Okay. Well, let me ask you something else. In your book, you talk about the importance of staying emotionally connected through pain. 
what exactly are you talking about when you say that? Well, I, you know, there's a metaphor I like to use, and I talk about it a lot, and it's called, I say, you know, playing catch. If I'm playing catch with you, and I throw a ball to you, and you catch it, it there's a satisfying feeling to me. But if I throw the ball to you and you just watch it drop on the ground, mm-hmm. um, it's not. Or if you hit it back in my direction and I wanted you to catch it, it's not. Or if I throw the ball 100 miles an hour at you, you're not going to catch it. You're going to just protect yourself. So I use that metaphor mm. in terms of if you think about expressing our feelings and our desires, it's similar. I need to express my feelings to my partner in a way that she's not going to feel like I'm throwing a ball at her 100 miles an hour. So if I'm not, if I'm blaming her, cussing at her, calling her names, that's like throwing the ball 100 miles an hour. That's not going to create a connection. No. Um, so if I express it in a mature way, communication is 101, you know, saying I statements rather than you statements. I'm, I, I'm angry at you because of this. This is what I would like. If I also keep in mind my perception of you is that you really do love me. You're just, you know, a human being that struggles like me. You know, if I look at her more kindly, that as an expresser, I'm going to express it in such a way that may connect. Likewise, you then as the listener needs to practice staying receptive. Keep Put that baseball glove on and catch it. Don't tell me what you're thinking. Okay. Uh, before I get the feeling that you've taken in what I've said. If I start speaking to you, you know, then take in what I say first. Mm-hmm. And then, and this is something I work with with couples. This I talk about in my book, The Long Hot Marriage. The importance of when you play catch, you're not both throwing balls at each other at the same time. You have one ball, hopefully. I throw it to you, you catch it. And you throw it to me, and I catch it. It feels really good. So I, t- I express my feelings to you. You let me know somehow you're taking in what I'm saying, and you take it in, and you, you, you'll have your time after I feel like you've taken in what I'm saying. Now, that's easier said than done, because yes. most people, when they get in emotional conversations, they're just talking at each other, and mm-hmm. it's like two monologues going on at the same yes. time, both mm-hmm. fighting to be heard, and nobody has a catch mitt on or a glove on taking in what the other person's saying. Wow. So that's that's the importance of connecting. That that is so important. Because, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because we all want to feel like we're being heard, but if we're waiting for someone to finish talking so that we can talk next, we're not really listening. We're just simply waiting for our turn. Yes, and the other person knows it. They feel it. You know, I've had so many people say, uh, a husband will come in or a boyfriend will come and say, my girlfriend, she never stops. She starts talking, it never ends. And I'll say, because you're not listening right. <laughs> mm. And every time. I said that that person keeps talking because they keep wanting to get the feeling that you're hearing them. Well, I'm listening. Well, you're not really listening in a way. So I teach them how to reflect, how to let, how basically let them know. You know, like for example, a simple thing a person could do is just with nonverbal contact to take to look at them and. We're, we're coming to the break. I'm sorry, Todd. We're we're coming to the break. Let's pick up this thought uh, on the other side of the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. 
This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Are you the kind of parent who just wants their kids to live the life of their dreams? Well, grab your kids and join How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James. It's a lively interview and call-in show, Thursday, 6 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. This dynamic mother and son team are on a mission. They want to empower kids to dream big and go after those dreams with gusto. They want to fill the world with kid entrepreneurs. Are your kids ready for success? Don't miss their fun annex, lively guests, and discussions. For more on Ann and Jack and their show, check out their website, howtoraisemillionaire.com. Then join the conversation of lively interviews and call-ins, and let's give our kids the tools and encouragements they need to build a future they can bank on, no matter what the economy throws their way. It's How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Tune in to the Travel Chick Show with Bonnie Kitohata, Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Bonnie will share with you an hour of travel ideas, experiences, adventures, and tips from her guests. Topics range from local day trips to international excursions, from organized professional vacations to spur-of-the-moment getaways. For fun or business, groups or solo, by bus, car, plane, train, boat, bike, hike, or horse, you'll also hear about travel-related subjects like cultures, travel photography, keepsakes, and more. Whether you love to travel yourself or you enjoy seeing the world vicariously through others, join us and enjoy travel stories from around the U.S. and around the world. For more information on The Travel Chick Show, check out Bonnie's website, thetravelchick.com. Then join us for the show, The Travel Chick Show, live Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time with your host, Bonnie Kitohara, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is... Todd Krieger, who is a marriage and relationship therapist based in Orange County. And I want to talk to you about the idea of receptivity. This is something that you were starting to talk about before our break, so I'd like to have you continue that. What exactly is that in, in your vernacular? That, you know, because doing this for a long time, I always try to struggle to see what it really is, what's missing. And it's not that there's not a specific cookbook formula for how to be a good listener. It's more about where your energy is. And a lot of times, like we were talking about before the break, when people are thinking about what they want to say or defend themselves or react, they're not relaxed in a receptive mindset. If you, if you think of, like, if, if you're in nature, like we were in Yosemite a few weeks ago, and to, to sit and look at the trees and the creek and to take in, you know, there was a point where I wasn't, my mind was quiet, and I was just taking in nature. And it's that similar mindset that we need to practice being in with our partner. Not all the time. You know, we need to think and, and talk. But there are times where we need to just sit still, not try to have, not have an agenda. Drop our agenda trying to control the other person when they're speaking. 
and just be in a body and take in what we're saying. When I say be in a body, I mean just rest. Don't try to push anything, force anything, and just listen and be inquisitive. Make a decision to be interested in what your partner's feeling even behind the words, because sometimes my partner's first words are just that, first words, might not be even the most accurate thing of what she's experiencing. So if I react too quickly, I might not even get to what she's really experiencing. So that's the most important thing. Once I'm in a state of receptivity, everything I say is going to come out right. You know, it's going to come out like, if I say, oh, I see, so you're angry. She won't feel like I'm patronizing her because she knows I'm coming from this state of receptivity. If I repeat her words, any all those things work as long as I'm in that state. You know, does that make sense? It's a state yeah. of being quiet and giving up my agenda. I'll have my chance later. Right now, it's your turn, and that's what I talk about all the time when it comes to communication. Mm. That's <clears> and, and the good news about that is when people communicate in that way, the pain they, it gives way. It kind of dissolves into this warmth in this in two people. So it could be it could be any feeling, even rage. <laughs> when people can listen to it, it doesn't it kinda it shifts, it dissolves, it softens, and now there's a warm connection between the two people. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. And that's really what it's about is making sure you have that good solid connection and to be able to sustain it. So let me ask you uh, about some specific advice what advice do you typically give men to make the best and most positive impact on on their female partners? You know, this, this the whole thing about a lot of times men, they'll, they'll say to me, my God, you know, I do this, I do that, I give, I even wash the dishes. It's just, it's just never enough. No matter what I do, it's not enough. And I hear this a lot, more from the men. And I usually say, well, it, so it seems like it's an, she's an endless well that no matter what, yeah, well, it's not true. And what I say to them is, there's a little, in order to, be, to really have high impact, you've got to really find out what rocks her boat, what really moves her uh, Richter scale, you know, what really gets her going. And it might be that everything you do is wonderful, but it might not be the thing that really rocks her. So let's try to find that out. Now, one way you can find that out is to ask her, and hopefully she'll know. You may not always know, believe it or not, but ask her, what would I, what can I say or do that if I said that thing or did that thing, you would be so thrilled? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times her answer, this is the tricky part, might be something I don't do because I'm not very good at doing. So I am giving you in ways that I'm really good at, mm-hmm. but in the thing that really will make a difference, I'm not good at. I'll give you an example. So you have an engineering husband. He's an engineer. He comes to so that he... He's wonderful. He fixes things around the house. He's a good provider. He's even great with the kids. Um, and his wife's unhappy because she feels lonely in the relationship because she she never gets a chance to express her feelings and he never tells her about his. You know, mm. He's not good at it. It's not the way he's wired. So he's got to learn. He doesn't have to be great at it, and that's the good news, but he's got to work on his weakest link. And mm. when he expresses himself, in that way that she needs, or at least attempts to, and puts forth some consistent effort, it's amazing what I've seen. You know, I've seen suddenly the woman go, that's what I'm looking for, you know, Mm. even if he's not that good at it. So typically, the main thing is find out what really makes her 
go, what uplifts her energy? What yeah. really uplifts her energy? Yeah. And it may not be what you're doing or saying. And so when you do that one thing that really uplifts her energy, then all the other things you do are great. They're like multipliers. But, you know, I always say five times zero is zero. But yeah. if you give that person that one thing they want, then everything else starts to really matter on top of it. Right. I don't know if you've read Jack Canfield's The Success Principles, but um, there's there there are several chapters where he talks about you know communication and and having good relationships and uh, one one thing that I think he suggests is if you are able to complete the sentence I feel most loved when you blank you know say or do whatever if you can answer that question that's a great clue I would think it's great it, it, these are the things that I I would hope your your listeners would just do and they can do it right away if they're in a relationship or if yeah. they're not remember to do that when they are. It's simple questions. Asking the open-ended questions like Jack Hanfield's question, you know, that, that can open up a relationship like never before. Mm-hmm. But most people don't do that on a regular basis, especially after they've left that quote-unquote honeymoon period, right? So that's, right. that's great stuff. That's great. So let me ask the flip side of this question. What advice would you typically give women to make the best, most positive impact on their men? Well, I mean... To just just to be a little repetitive, they should ask the same question. You know, they would need to say, "What what what can I say or do that if I said that thing or did that thing, that you would send you to the moon, that you would be so happy, that you'd be thrilled? What would that be?" And the women, just like the man, has to realize that you're not the same person. What he would like from you may not be something that you really need a whole lot of, but he needs it. So respect his difference. Don't judge him for being different. Explore. You know, I know it's a little stereotypical, but sometimes, you know, there's the old expression um, uh, with connection, women need to feel emotionally connected first and then be sexually connected, and men may need to feel sexually connected to be emotionally connected. Mm -hmm. A little simplistic, but, you know, know, there might be some truth in that. The wife would need to find that out and and, um, really be willing to honor his request and if he's getting what he's needing from her, he's more inclined to stretch in areas that he may be weak to meet her needs. Hmm. It's a mutual thing. Yeah, absolutely. So let, let's uh, t- talk about romance for a little while because I know this is something that you talk a lot about in your book and you talk about this with the couples that you counsel. So how important is romance for a long, hot marriage? And, and give us some examples of what romance is. Well. I'll tell you what I, how I define romance. I define romance simply as anything I do that uplifts the energy of my partner. So romance, with that definition, could be taking her on a 10-day trip to Maui. Mm. Uh, and also it could be sending her a text saying, I've been thinking of you and i got to tell you I love you so much. I'm so glad I married you. I do it all over again. Okay, those are, those are both romantic things. One is it costs a lot more money and takes a lot more time, but they're both romance, and they both will score big points with your partner. So to me, romance is absolutely necessary to be in a relationship. That, again, this is not something that we were taught from our parents, that we have to think about it, men especially, after the honeymoon period, are not going around typically with thoughts of, what can I do to make my partner feel special, cherished? I like that word. As a couple of therapists, I love the word cherished. Uh, yeah. Love, 
special. You know, we don't, again, a lot of us men, we're not evil, we're not bad, we just don't think that thought. We're thinking about other things. We're thinking about possibly what it's, you know, you know, to how to make more money or how to, uh, you know, provide or what maybe the plan on next vacation, but we're not thinking those things. So we do need to practice thinking new thoughts. And that's really the key, to think these new thoughts. And part of it is, how can I be romantic? How can I yeah. be romantic? We're not wired that way. That's why a lot of men are on February 14th doing Hallmark stores getting Valentine's Day cards, going, oh, my God. You know, we, right. Our okay. brains are built for emergencies, you know. But we there need you to go. thinking about that, you know. And, and, uh, and the same with women, you know, to, to think of our partner. We have the power... We, we have the power to create an, a connection, an ambience between the two of us that makes the relationship more meaningful, more soulful. And we forget that. And we really yeah. don't, we don't need to. We don't need to spend near as much time creating a romantic relationship as creating a successful career. It's, mm. it's just a fraction of the time, but we just don't think about it. Is it because it's a subject that's not talked about? I think it's a subject when it's not talked about. It's a subject that uh, I think that, again, we haven't seen it from our parents and grandparents. You know, we see uh, maybe on Valentine's Day, they're buying flowers. But uh, the need for consistent romance. And when I say consistent, again, I'm talking about sending a text to one's partner. I'm really thinking about you. I'm so glad I'm with you. Uh, that doesn't take a whole lot of time or energy. But it does. Right. you have to have a thought to do it. Uh, to go home to our partner and to sit and say, so how are you and how are you feeling? And to take the time to get to know that person. That could be very romantic. It's putting energy into the other person and where you put everything else aside. You shut off your technology. You, know, you just focus on the other person and you practice being receptive. That is all romance. And yeah. without it, relationships die. Just mm-hmm. like, I mean, it's needed. I mean, yeah. you don't buy a plant and don't water it. You know, you right. buy, buy a plant, you water it because you don't want to kill it. You want it to be alive. You get into a committed relationship, you want to keep it alive. And in order to do that, there needs to be this romance the way I define it. And That's awesome. Okay, we are coming up against our final break. Can you believe how quickly this show is going? Files Video, we will be right back on the other side. Please stay with us. mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. What's ideal for you? Really, what's ideal for you? Being who you are, doing what you love, and getting out and about with friends. What's ideal for you? With your host, Janice Christopher, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. And it all starts with Janice doing just that. Then being open, curious, authentic, and living her life on a quest to discover everything that could possibly make life ideal. Check out the website, whatsidealforyou.com. Studies have shown that 80% of Americans, and probably everyone else too, dislike their work. 
80%. The mission then is to turn that passion statistic around to show how it is possible to live your passions and make a living or live your passions so that you'll be able to mush through your job until you can change it and watch life's magic begin to happen. It's What's Ideal for You with your host, Janice Christopher, Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Get the competitive edge and take your success to the next level with the Gold Medal Success Show and your host, Forrest Fisher, six-time U.S. National Gold Medalist. Tune in every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Central, 6 Pacific, here on the Rockstar Radio Network as Forrest gives you access into the mindset of true champions and helps you apply these success principles to your life and business for immediate results. Each show will feature guest athletes and business experts who have achieved tremendous success and are ready to share their stories struggle, glory, tragedy, and triumph, revealing tips and strategies Forrest and these guest experts use to propel themselves to world-class success. Many people live their whole lives wanting more. The Gold Medal Success Show will demonstrate that anyone can have a more fulfilling and satisfying life when they put a few basic principles into play. Make every day game day with the Gold Medal Success Show each Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back for our final segment. I am with my guest Todd Krieger who is a marriage and relationship therapist and Todd we've been talking about issues that you've written about in your book The Long Hot Marriage tell us where we can get a hold of that well you know probably the best way is just to go to my website www.toddkrieger.com t-o-d-d-c-r-e-a-g-e-r.com and just uh, you'll see it very easy to click on it and you'll be able to buy my book and um, it also lets you uh, actually get information to other things as well that I'm doing if you'd like. So that's probably mm-hmm. the best way. Okay, great. And you have a, 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 a newsletter that you have as well. Is that right? People can sign up for that? Yes. yes. So if you do that, you have access if you want to, to my newsletter. I, get, I give weekly uh, thoughts every Thursday. I do monthly articles. I give all kinds of great free information on relationships and life so uh, it's it's great i enjoy it i never have uh i never have enough time to write but i do everything i can to get as much information as i can to people so um it's well it's well worth the read that's great and so let me ask you this uh i know that you do private consultations do couples need to be able to see you in person to work with you or can they do consultations on the phone or even on skype uh all of the above they could do that. I do a relationship coaching on Skype. Uh, I've done just uh, I've done it today already. Uh, so yeah, it, it's it's nice that I'm not so ge- I'm not geographically restricted. So uh, in person's great. On Skype's great. I could do phone too. Uh, I prefer Skype just because it's nice to see people. Yes. But uh, definitely the choices are theirs. That's great. So we've been talking about how to build a great marriage and a great relationship, but we all know that sometimes things go wrong. So let's talk about some of the significant issues that you you help couples through. Sometimes you counsel couples where one or both parties have been unfaithful. How do you address that, and what kind of hope is there for a couple who's experiencing that? 
That's a great question, and I, I have to tell you, that's probably one of the most common uh, reasons people call. They'll either call because their passion has subsided or there's infidelity. And what I do with infidelity is I say that um, I'm sensitive to that. I understand the pain involved for the person who feels betrayed, and, and there's pain for both people. But I do try to help them see the affair or the infidelity as a symptom of something else. It could be a symptom of an, an individual, maybe has some self-esteem issues and needs affirmation and does it the wrong way. It could be issues in the relationship. I'm not meaning to blame the, anybody, in, including the partner, the other partner, if that person has been the victim of infidelity. But we do want to understand that the infidelity isn't the cause. It is a symptom of the problem. And once couples can begin to get through that, work with them, you know, work with them to get through the pain, they do start to look at that what's really going on between them, what caused it, and what are some solutions to it so that infidelity becomes far less probable. And, and that, you know, I have to say that, again, not diminishing the pain of, of, of infidelity, that I've had many couples whose relationships were far better after they've been healing from infidelity than before the infidelity itself. Mm. So as, as, as painful as it is, it's not all grim. And I try to help couples that are willing to, trying to work this out, to see it that way, so that they have permission to heal. Yeah. Do you find that role models or lack thereof have anything to do with this at all? I know we talked not about that earlier. Yes, yeah, sure. I mean, many times, it's not always the case, but many times when there's infidelity, uh, there has been, their role models have, there's been infidelity maybe between the, their parents, mm. uh, or it could have been just uh, relationships uh, were, were really negative and really painful, so it might be uh, their way of sabotaging the relationship, but definitely role models have a lot to do with it. If you yeah. have a, you come from a family where it was very intact and good, healthy communication, as rare as that is, unfortunately, the chance of infidelity is much less. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask, uh, when, when should a couple reach out and get the type of help that you provide? I mean, I know sometimes people resist that. They think we can handle this ourselves. But if people are realistic and the relationship is going south far enough, they realize, look, if this is an important thing to us, we need to get some help. So when do you recommend that someone seek help? Uh, my broad answer is that I think we all need help, and I, I'm not just doing it because that's what I do. I just think that if you, my approach again is that nobody's broken; we're just evolving, and we have more to learn. We we need to grow, and we need to be trailblazers. So it's helpful to have someone like myself to take you. I, I always say I'm like a tour guide taking you on an interpersonal safari. Otherwise, yeah. we keep doing what we know. We keep doing the same things, and the, the really the secret of a healthy relationship is to jump into the unknown a lot, not like crazy unknown, but just the unknown, whether it's just to share and feel different feelings, to do different things. It's hard to do that without a coach, at least until you develop that muscle. Right. But of course, there are people that have had you know serious problems, that they're in pain, they feel stuck, they feel like that nothing's worked, maybe they're thinking about getting divorced, there's been infidelity, sex addiction. Those are definitely times to reach out. I, I'm just pointing out that one time is when couples are in crisis, but the other, which doesn't happen enough, is when people go, look, I wonder how much better we can be, even if we feel like things are good. So mm -hmm. it's, it's both. It's really both times that yeah. I think are very, so let, very so let, applicable for what uh, people like me do and 
to get help. Yeah. So let me ask you something else, Todd, in terms of another issue that couples may have. Sometimes when a relationship starts, the intimacy is uh, very good and sometimes it wanes. And so what happens when one or both partners begins to feel more like a roommate than a partner? That's a great question. Now, if they had chemistry beforehand, the prognosis I have found is better. I have had a few couples where they never had chemistry. They got together for other reasons. Hmm. You know, well, my parents liked them or something like that. That isn't, that's a little harder. But if they've had passion and then somehow they became roommates later, it's usually because of what I talked about before. They stopped communicating through the pain. They stopped connecting. They, they did a series of fight-or-flight reactions that over time their couple became more disconnected. And now they're good. They, they do the things they're good at. Maybe they're good financial partners or, like you said, roommates. But their emotional connection is severed, and, which can interfere with their physical connection. So the key then is to help them reconnect, look at what they've been avoiding talking about mm-hmm. and doing, and try to help them move into courage to, to get that going. And I've seen couples that feel like roommates, like brother-sister, start to reconnect and feel like lovers again. It absolutely mm-hmm. happens all the time. Is it hard to regain that connection? I, it isn't easy. I, I, I mean, this stuff isn't easy, but it's it's it takes effort, right? We all have to. We've all done things that are challenging, you sure. know. But we just say, okay, let's let's go for it. Let's give it our best shot. And there's never ever guarantees. There are sometimes when people have waited too long, and and I say that the other person has reached a threshold. They've on some emotional level made that decision that the relationship is over. And there is some, there is oftentimes a path, uh, what do you call a point of no return. Mm-hmm. But more times than not, they haven't reached it yet, and they want to make it work. They just don't know what to do to make it work. Mm-hmm. And the, if they start to do some things differently, even little things, they start to share and talk. They start to face each other. They start to talk about the tough things they've avoided. Uh, they start to learn to listen. The relationship energy can spike up very, very quickly. It yeah. doesn't take much. It just takes something new. Okay. So let me ask you this, um, just to kind of tie together what we've been talking about. What can you say to people out there to give them hope that they really can have a long, hot marriage or long-term relationship? I, I would say this, that we underutilize our partner a lot. We have to learn how to give and receive love. And it's not any, we're not blaming them. We're not blaming our parents. Just become open-minded. Look at the possibility of that if you learn what to do, not that this cookbook answers, but Learn the things, how to talk and how to feel and how to get in tune with yourself and your partner that you can have a long, hot marriage. Don't give up on it. If, if, you've, if you keep doing the same old thing, then definitely don't give up on it. Let's try something new. Try a different dance with your partner. Let's see what happens. Don't give up and seek the help that's out there, such as people mm-hmm. like me and the book I have. You mm-hmm. know, marriage. I mean, there, there's information out there that can inspire you and, and become an experimenter. Yeah, that's what I say. Experiment. That's that's it. Be exper- experiment and be curious. Those are two of my favorite words, along with receptivity. Uh, those are three of my favorite words. Experiment and be curious. That's great. I, I love that advice. Let me ask you. You talked about inspiration. I this. Let me just ask a question that I ask just about everybody I have on my show. Who inspires you? What motivates you? We got two minutes. Inspire. Who inspires me? 
You know, I have, my first answer, I have to tell you this, is it's no one famous. It's I have some couples that I've worked with over the years that have come through tough, tough problems. Infidelity, uh, health issues, major, major issues, and get through the other side. And I've seen courage. That that I, I would say those are the people that inspire me the most. Those that uh, have gone through hardships, and then sometimes even me as a therapist go, oh my God, if they could go through that, I'm going to go home and hug my wife. Uh, that I'm honored. I'm being open. I'm telling you this. I, I've, I've seen couples become loving in areas where, where I was, I, what you know, the capacity for compassion was there, and then I go and I might have been angry and holding on to a grudge, and I moved out of it. So wow. um, I would say that's really... That those are the people that inspire me. I have it right here in my office and, or on Skype or wherever I get to meet these people that are struggling and finding ways mm -hmm. to come together. That's awesome. It's great when you can find your inspiration from people that you are around all the time. Yes. Uh, one more time, where can we get your book? How can we work with you? How can we learn more about you and be involved in your circle? Okay, my, my website, which has my book and a lot of other information and other products too, is www.toddkrieger.com. I'll spell it again. It's T-O-D-D-C-R-E-A-G-E-R.com. I also can be reached at 714-848-2288. And my email is simply Todd, T-O-D-D, at toddkrieger.com. And I already spelled it. So that's there you the go. best way to Todd. Todd at ToddKrieger.com. That's great. We are at the end of our show. Thank you so much, Todd, for being a wonderful guest. This is Success Profiles Radio. We have our next show next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Come back next week and join us. In the meantime, you have a wonderful week and make it happen. Make your dreams come true. See you then. Take care, everyone. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Each week, 